Hi friend and welcome to the Idea of Us podcast, a podcast that highlights good by interviewing great minds and learning best practices. We discuss the big questions. How can we design community in a way that everyone feels loved and valued? In the spirit of I am because we are. What is good and how much good is good? In this episode, I will discuss the book The Courage to Be Disliked by Ichiro Kishimi and Fumitaka Koga, based on Adler psychology of individualism. And rightfully, you might wonder why a podcast that promotes community wants to discuss the psychology of individualism and the courage to be disliked. Is not the whole theme of this podcast community and unity? And should we not like everyone in this context? and everyone should like us, I had the same thoughts, and we'll make sure to answer those questions. And through the key lessons, we will also learn a different perspective on self-acceptance, confidence, and service. Before I start to deep dive into the book and Atlas Psychology, I want to share what inspired this episode. My best friend, who also has a podcast called Making the Workplace a Better Place, go check her out, um, Ruta Mikonen, is also a yoga teacher. And at her one of our yoga classes, um, basically shortly before Christmas, she held a, a yoga class Christmas inspired to all to get us all in a Christmas mood and to slow us down. <clears throat> For me, that was amazing because I was not in a Christmas mood. Everything was really hectic. So I thought, what a fantastic idea. However, another person in the room was unhappy about her choice to play Christmas music and have a Christmas inspired, inspired yoga class. As a best friend, <laughs> You probably know I got protective and thought, please come on, be open to something new. This is just one you are class, not more or not less. For that person, though, it was that crucial that he stood up and left at the beginning of the class. And, and at that moment, seeing my best friend being courageous and trying something new, even with the risk that someone else would not like it, I remembered a book title called The Courage to Be Disliked that I saw somewhere on the internet while looking for cool books. And although I was upset about the person leaving the yoga class, I also admired his courage as well, because he made the choice to leave. At this moment, both were courageous in their own way, both for choosing their own path. And at the same time, I was curious to learn how the concept in the book, The Courage to Be Disliked, can benefit the idea of community. So now let's start with the book which is hands down one of the best books about psychology that I've ever read. The book's authors uh, of The Courage to be Disliked are called Ichiro Kishimi and Fumi Takakoga. Ichiro writes uh, and lectures, lectures on Adlerian psychology in Japan, and Fumi Takakoga is also an expert and an award-winning writer. The book is based on Adler psychology. Adler was an Austrian psychologist who invented the psychology of individualism. Uh, his central thesis basically is that the happiness lies in the hands of the individual. And in the book, uh, The Courage to be Disliked, the authors share Adler psychology in the best way possible. They tell us a beautiful story of an unhappy young man that meets an old philosopher and shares his worry and sorrow with him. The old philosopher responds to the young man and shares his wisdom with him, based on Adler psychology. I swear, if every book I tried, tried teaching me something would have been written in that way, I would have been a straight A student. But anyways, try to read this book and I definitely will reread it. I took three key lessons that I would like to share with you from this book uh, today. Number one, it's dangerous to believe that your past determines your future. Number two, and this is a spicy one, if you focus on what's wrong with you, you might be looking for reasons to hate yourself. 
on purpose. Number three, most of what we think of as competition is just made up and it's hurting our happiness. So let's dig in. It's dangerous to be to believe that your past determines your future. In Atlas Psychology, it says that the past does not determine your future. So basically, whatever happened before does not matter because the only thing that matters is now. It is because we can recreate ourselves at any given time. After all, basically, our personalities are not set. They are more like a style. In comparison to Adler, Freud, for instance, also a very famous psychologist, if you don't know him, uh, says that our personalities are highly impacted by our childhoods. And therefore, once we're an adult, it's really challenging to change that. While I love the ability to recreate myself at any given time, uh, because it gives me hope, it motivates me and helps me push through my limiting beliefs, I don't want to underestimate or downplay the impact trauma can have on one's life. This gives me kind of the notion that we're all the same and have the same capabilities, which is not the case. So towards each other, I believe that a perspective of compassion is more applicable, but towards ourselves, it gives me hope and keeps oneself accountable. So if I would translate this into my own words, uh, I would say the key lesson number one is the courage that our personalities are not set, that we can change who we are to who we want to be. And that leads perfectly into the second key lesson. I think in combination, they are even greater. If you focus on what's wrong with you, you might be looking for reasons to hate yourself on purpose. This is a spicy and exciting key lesson. Let's say it definitely hits very close to home. So what does it mean if we say we hate ourselves? An example of it would be, for instance, I hate myself because I don't make enough money or I don't have enough time. I hate myself because I don't have the perfect weight and figure. Those thoughts we would translate into, if only I would make more money, I would do A, B, or C. Or another one would be, if only I would be skinny, I would have the perfect partner. Or if only I would be taller or shorter, and so on and forth. For instance, in my case, to be honest, uh, I often used to say, or let me rephrase, I usually say, if only I had more time uh, or more money, I would achieve all my goals, like literally all my goals. That's the only thing that's holding me up. And time and money play that de- play definitely a role. Let's keep it real. But I know that's not the actual issue. And deep, and deep in my heart, I know it's an excuse. What I actually fear is showing my true potential and being rejected and judged based on that. The other scenario is even worse. What if I would be successful with who I truly am? And what I'm truly capable of, capable of, do I deserve this? My first thought is definitely no. Why should I? The list of mistakes that I made is endless and I'm not done punishing myself for them. Also, fun fact, something that I read in a different book, the book, The Four Agreements, the only thing, the only living being on this planet who punished itself for a mistake more than once are we human beings. Crazy, right? <laughs> And that's just one side of hating yourself. Another reason of hating ourselves is to give ourselves a reason to isolate. We isolate because our problems are interrelationships problems. So if we don't interact with nobody, we technically would not have any issues. Which I can understand. If I have to face a tense grumpy person on the street or another person has to, uh, has to face me as a grumpy person, we probably definitely ask ourselves, why did we leave, why did we leave the house today in the first place? 
But on the other hand, isolation creates loneliness. And there are several studies on how loneliness impacts us negatively and how strong social con connections impact us positively. For instance, there was one landmark, landmark study about the relationship between social connections and health. And it said that strong social connections boost our mental health, it provides us a longer lifespan, it improves our life quality, and it increases our fulfillment. So the interaction with other people is not the issue, and isolation is not the solution. But I think we all know that because we feel that deep in our heart. So we have to work on our fabricated thoughts. And while you are listening to me and I'm listening to myself, I know that we all have those thoughts that are fabricated, that make us hate and isolate ourselves. But in community, as proved by the study above, we thrive. And even more important, by hating and isolating ourselves, we are depriving our, ourselves and the community of the gifts we have to offer. So you might think, well, in theory, this sounds nice, but how do I apply it? The book offers a great tool, in my opinion. It says to rationalize those thoughts by questioning whether they are objective or subjective. In my example, where I'm saying I don't have enough time, I do have a full-time job, facts. <laughs> so I might not have 40 hours a week to invest in something else what I want to do, but I do have time. So objectively, there are time constraints, but what I make out of it subjectively is saying that I don't, I'm not succeeding by, to achieve all my goals because I don't have enough time. So that is definitely an excuse. So when we look for the real reason why we hate ourselves, in most cases, it's because change is super scary and we might not be equipped with everything, but we should focus on what we're equipped with. So this key lesson for me translates into the courage to accept and love yourself. And if we take the study from above into consideration, we would also, I would also add love you, um, the courage to love yourself and accept yourself like your life depends on it. So now let's get to key lesson number three, which says most of what we think of as competition is just made up and it's hurting our happiness. And this, to be honest, is probably my favorite key lesson and why I think Atlas Psychology fits in a world that brings us closer together. Because the root of competition is comparison, which leads us to an inferiority or superiority complex when we have to feel the need to think that we're better than everyone else or we're worse than everyone else. And this feeling leads to being unhappy, simply because we're trying to build success at the cost of someone else's success. And then, if you think through it, if you think this through, once you have made it to the successful place, do you really feel happy? Okay, let's say we have made it. We are in the top 10% of the competition that we call life. But once we have made it, would our number one fear not be to stay within that top 10%? And also, we will not be afraid that someone else is coming for our, our place or space within that t uh, top 10%. And, and let's say now the other side, basically, if we're not in those top 10%. is not going to... Are we not going to feel as failures all the time and focus our energy on getting that top, getting into the into those top ten percent, but not questioning questioning really whether we want to be uh, in that top percent, whether that is our idea of success, for instance. And the worst is 
that this whole game is basically subjective and perception only. Because according to Adler, you are your own competition. So the end, this thought process and the way that comes with trying to be within this 10 top percent, top 10% and not being in this top uh, 10%, with that comes a lot of weight, which is unnecessary. And I know it's not easy to let go of competition. But those two scenarios, uh, if you think about it, don't feel great. Whether you are in those top 10%, whether you're trying to get into those top 10%. And well, Adler and the authors are not saying, uh, okay, be stagnant and stay where you are, where they are saying try to better yourself. But you can do that without looking left or right and without the intention to beat someone else. And to be honest, somehow my parents did a great job of teaching me not to be jealous. Um, but I'm a human being and it happens. And usually if I'm jealous of someone, something is wrong in my life. Adler called this not keeping up with your main task in life. This means Basically, all of us have tasks in life that we should focus on and dedicate and dedicate our time to them. And if we don't do that, we start feeling inferior or superior. And both of these things are complexes. Again, these are made up thoughts, remember? Affecting our happiness and mental health. And we all deep down know that competition is unhealthy, whether we know how to explain it or we don't. So what's the alternative, basically? The authors are saying, do not see anyone as your competition. They even go so far as to say that you should look at everyone who has ever lived and will ever live as your comrade, and therefore their success will be yours, and your success will be theirs. So if everyone on this planet is my comrade, the question is how can we be at service for the people and and communities around you. Because if they're winning, I'm winning. If I'm winning, they're winning. And this, in my opinion, uh, is a global definition of success. Now Adler, Ubuntu, and my concept of the idea of us are speaking the same language. Now we're closely going to getting to the end of the show about the book and my interpretation of the courage to be disliked in Adler psychology. The two main questions that I have now in my heart and in my head is should we aim to be disliked? And how do the three concepts add to a loving and caring community? So the authors don't necessarily say that our aim is our aim should be to be disliked and that would also not align with what I'm trying to achieve here through the idea of us. But if we think the three, uh, the three key lessons true, in the process of recreating yourself, to stop hating yourself and not seeing anyone else as competition, there is potential to be disliked. And that, according to authors, um, the authors and Adler is fine because uh, here I want to share a final thought and concept of the book, which states that we should not aim for recognition because if we do so, our behavior will be impacted by it. In other words, our behavior will gain value or don't gain weight through someone's opinion. This is important because I would understand the courage to be disliked as the courage to not aim for recognition. And that definitely is not an easy act because we are all trained to depend our value on what other people think of us. And from that, we should break free because when we try to aim for recognition, this can lead to fear of be- and the fear of being judged. And when we fear to be judged, we might not do anything significant to make our or anyone else's lives better. 
That said, I also love the power of community. There's sometimes a reason why someone else's opinions, opinion is more important or better than mine. And we should always listen, but make our own decisions. I believe if we combine to create freely while seeing everyone as a comrade, that is indeed the perfect mix. Also, as a disclaimer, let's take what resonates from any philosophy or psychology and create our own version of it. My intention is always to inspire diversity of thought, to provide value to community, and in that light, on a personal level, I learned a lot from this book. I learned that we have the power to change ourselves, we should love ourselves and everyone else around us. If I win, you win, and if you win, I win. On that note, thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you and I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts <laughs> about the courage to be disliked. I also would love to connect with you, so reach out to me over Instagram on the idea of us that pot. As always, I wish you a lot of love, love and light. Yeah, that guy.